Mini episode 1404 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to FDH Lounge Mini Episode 1404. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here with one of my fellow original FDH Lounge dignitaries, Chris Galloway, who is uh, joining us from uh, on location here, uh, enjoying a little bit of a holiday here these days, uh, and who could begrudge him that? So very, very pleased to have him uh, joining us from parts unknown here and taking a little time out of the vacay to chat football with us. It's NFL midseason. Who better to do it with than my man Chris Galloway as we take a little bit of a look at things we expected, things we didn't expect in the first half of the NFL season. Chris Galloway, welcome back in, buddy. How you doing? Rick, my pleasure as always, even though I'm speaking to you from points south, the Barbary Coast, the Caribbean, (laughs) the South Seas, the South Pacific. Who knows where I am? There are palm trees. It's warm. There's white sand. You can guess the rest. Yes. Although I would say at this time of evening, even you might be hard pressed to narrow it down more than that. But (laughs) that's another story. Well, hey, wait, wait. How do you know it's evening where I am? Well, that's true. Maybe that's true. maybe I have a coffee in my hand right now. So I just got up. Could be. To, your, to do your amazing podcast. I, I appreciate that. Uh, even if you did, I'm sure to have some Irish in it on the vacay. So, you know, certainly appreciate uh, that. And as I told you off air, I, I, I want to start this off uh, on a little note of the absurd, as we sometimes do. Uh, that uh, you picked the Browns to make the Super Bowl, I picked the Browns to win the Super Bowl, and it has been a topsy-turvy first half, uh, one that, uh, again, restored a little bit of my faith the way that they came out against the Bengals after completely uh, crapping the bet against the Squealers the previous week. But uh, to sum up the first half of the Browns season, I I think this was my subconscious at play. So two nights ago, I had a little bit of a dream, and it was me you, and sometimes we are paired up on this show with my friend Johnny, John Adams. This wasn't him. This was your friend, Johnny. So the three of us are... Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, your friend, our friend, your friend, our friend, John Adams is a great American. Yes, yes. And, and, I, and I should say, too, that I know, uh, you know, there's, there's reciprocal friendship across the Johns here because uh, Johnny certainly uh, thinks of you as a friend, and I think of your friend Johnny as a friend. Always enjoy chatting with him at any of your fine soirees. So anyways, but it's your Johnny, it's the three of us, we're tailgating before a Browns game. I know this must be because of where we're at, but we're tailgating on the berm of the shoreway. We're, we're downtown, wow. we're somewhere in the vicinity of Dead Man's Curve for whatever reason. We're sitting there and cars are whipping past us and it's, it's right by an exit to the right, which if you look at a map doesn't really exist. So I think I was kind of mashing up different locales in my, in my head. But anyways, we're out there basically courting a lot of danger as we're tailgating before the game. There's a gas station that's just off the shoreway that uh, is, it's not right by an exit, but it's just off the, the shoreway there. And somebody takes out one of these gas hoses and takes it and aims it towards us and starts spraying gas at us over the highway. And as I sort of lurch in the dream to get out of the way, that's how I lurch out of bed in the morning, waking myself up, taking myself out of this burgeoning nightmare so i mean scale of of one to ten how much does that represent the first half of the brown season well i have a question for you yes were we next to a dumpster we were not that would make sense yes we weren't though if there was a if there was a dumpster and a fire about to happen it would make sense we didn't have that in the dream it was just we had lawn chairs on the berm of the shoreway and People, I'm sure, are listening to this outside of Cleveland. It's just, picture an urban highway, okay? It's as dangerous as it sounds like. It's as nonsensical as it sounds like. So, yes, I just, I knew you were coming up on the show in a couple of days to do this segment here, so I'm sure it was my subconscious at work. 
Uh, I take some uh, medication for uh, low good cholesterol, of all things. But it's the, I think it's the same thing they give you for high bad cholesterol, and that crap gives me dreams ever since I started taking it. So there's a combination of factors at work, but, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I knew this was one I had to save for on air when I had it, because I was like, Chris is just going to flip his wig. You can, you can blame the, pharmace- the pharmaceuticals, pharmaceutical, easy for me to say, the pharmaceutical companies, but at the end of the day, this is your own psyche going, the Browns are a mess, they're a dumpster fire, danger, danger, get out of the highway. It's 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 what we always come to expect and regret as Browns fans. But anyway, all that aside, yeah. I am not I am not backing down from my prediction of the Browns making the Super Bowl. I thought about it. I'm not backing down. By the way, as far as factors to put in there as well, since I have my uh, annual physical coming up in a few weeks here, uh, I, I'm doing as I sometimes do a little bit of a uh, keto kind of diet here, very, very low carb. So I've eaten an ungodly... Hey, hey, by the way, yeah, that's like, you can't cheat before your annual physical. Okay. And, and, and I, I want to say this to you, as another middle-aged male, <laughs> and for all those middle-aged males listening to this episode, you, you, you don't clean up your act two weeks before the physical so you can slightly fudge the numbers. The doctors need to know how bad you are. I know. So don't change what you're doing. Let them see the reality of it. Okay. This isn't, this isn't a Tinder date going to see your doctor. You're not trying to put on your best side. Okay. Show your doctor how bad it is, right? Well, I mean, yeah, don't look. Do, don't do that because that's how guys end up dead and everyone goes, boy, he, he passed his physical with flying colors. <laughs> yeah, no shit because he faked it. Well, <laughs> this for- isn't... This isn't fake until you make it. My God, you're a middle-aged, you're a middle-aged man. Well, that's a acknowledge, slur. Acknowledge your flaws and go, hey, Doc, I haven't been eating vegetables. I don't know that I've been flossing either. Go well, ahead and tell me what i got to do better. That's First of all, that's quite a, a slur at, at basically both of us, but I will say. I will <laughs> well, say I'm throwing myself in there, too. Well, that's like you, you can't fake your way through a physical. Well, here's the thing, though. I will say this. You, if, if if my tests were going to be con- turned completely upside down, I would agree with you. But all this is going to do is just take a few pounds off of there. I'm trying to lose about seven or eight pounds. So my point on this was I have had an ungodly amount of pepperoni this week, and that can give me weird dreams. So that might have been a, a co-contributor as well. Listen, at the end of the day, it was a weird dream. Yes. Who knows why we have weird dreams? Right. <laughs> it's, pro- it's probably Roger Goodell's fault. It is. it is. It is. I mean, loathe him. No, I've had weird. I've had weird dreams ever since he did the NFL draft in his basement in a parka lounge. So it's 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 it happens. It know? does. So it just you just you just go ahead and you wake up and you go. I'm not on fire. I'm not covered in gasoline. And the Browns aren't in first place. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Everything's right in the world. Yeah. Well, we we expected. We hoped that the Browns would be in first place at this point, but still firmly in the playoff hunt. And so, uh, again, I'm with you. I'm not prepared to write off uh, the whole notion of that happening. One of the reasons being somebody is going to be lucky enough to draw uh, as a first-round opponent, even though you got to go on the road to do it. Who gives a crap as far as I'm concerned? The biggest fraud in the league is in the AFC at this point, the 7-2, and quote-unquote, I'm going to put that record in quotes, Tennessee Titans, who uh, they've had to deviate from their usual game plan of let's just hand it to Derrick Henry 110 times a game and let him do all the work. So he's still going to be out a while longer. They get lucky against the Rams with a couple of fluke turnovers, but uh, again, they're just going to keep padding and padding that record, and some lucky team is going to go in wild card weekend and beat that ass at Nashville. I hope it's the Browns. Rick, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Yes. But in this segment, in this portion of the segment, okay. I want to talk about your and my failings in our predictions. Okay. Because we love we love to talk about when we're right. Yes. And you know you know you know me. I love to talk about when I'm right. 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 But I but I have to step back and acknowledge when I'm wrong. Right. Gotta do it. Otherwise when you get to when you when you peacock around when you're right, it just doesn't have the same, you know, power, right? Right. So so let's 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 take a minute, you and I, to talk about our preseason predictions and how we were wrong. Okay. Right. I, you and I both, you know, we we both crapped all over the Titans. 
kids, right? I yeah. mean, we, we did. You weigh more than me. I'll say that. I mean, you okay. said you a lot more than me. Sure. You are a Vrabel. You are a Vrabel hater. I, I am. Just want, I just... I just want our our fellow Buckeyes to understand that that Rick sure. Morris hates Mike Frankel. <laughs> Um I don't know if he stole his date once, spilled <laughs> coffee on him. I don't know what happened, but but Rick Morris has some personal bitterness towards Mike Frankel. Um because he talked aside, crap uh, after he talked crap and peacocked after that that uh, <laughs> opener in 2019. Which, by the way, you're making me sound like I'm a Seinfeld character. He's a Vrabel hater, Jerry. I mean. I mean, Rick, I've, I've known you for 30 years. You are a Seinfeld character. <laughs> True dad, buddy. True dad. Okay. All right. Hello, Rick. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, look. I mean, look. We both felt like the Titans were going to be solid offensively, right? Yes. Guess what they, ha- guess what they haven't been very good at as an offense. I mean, other than Derek Henry, and he, and he went down. They're not very good. That defense, which you and I both crapped all over, has actually been really good this year. Played over their heads, though. Played over their so, heads. So, uh, well, okay. I mean, but you and I are wrong. We both had it flipped. We both said the offense would be pretty good and the defense would be for shit, and it's been the other way around. Okay. So, I want to acknowledge, all right, in Tennessee's success, and I agree with you, I think they're a bit of a paper tiger. Yes. Um, that that you and I were wrong on the script that is the Titans, and 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 there's a number there's a number of other places we've been wrong. I mean, the Bills we both we both were not believers in their defense. Right. Uh, guess what? Their defense is pretty good. It's been good. Um, it's performing. Generally speaking, there have been some letdowns, but I I agree with you on that and. Listen, I mean, the Bills at the beginning of the year, I said they're really good. They're going to win their division. I'm not buying them as a Super Bowl contender. The only reason I'm flipping on that, Chris, is that nobody at the top of the AFC, to me, and yeah, the Titans are 7-2, and two, but whatever, nobody to me is lighting the world on fire. Everybody has had some real instances of stepping on their Johnsons one or two times among all the teams in there. So I think the Bills have just as good of a chance as any of the other top teams it's not that my estimation of them has raised. It's that my estimation of the top tier of the AFC has come down since the beginning of the season. Well, here's the thing what I would say. I still think, even though the Rams and the Buccaneers are the two best, and uh, the Packers with Aaron Rodgers are the three best teams mm-hmm. in the NFL. And, and that's three NFC teams, right? Right. Okay. But if you then take the next 12 teams right it's all it's all afc yeah i would agree i mean i mean i mean i guess you know cowboys maybe i don't know if they're, as long as they're not playing in afc by the way they're better than uh, they're better than you thought they were i i called that they were going to win that division you thought i was full of crap they're better than then now again look that defense very fraudulent yeah. they're they're fraudulent was, they're playing well, over their heads you, that was and you remember that show what did i say you, I did not believe in the Cowboys defense. It, you, yeah. That was that was the wild card for me. And I believed in the Washington defense, which where the hell did they go this year? Right. How do you go from being that good to that bad in one offseason? Right. With the same personnel. Yeah. Um and and you know that the like the Dolphins are with you, the Cowboys are my one A. Right. Uh and I love the offense, but I, I the defense I was like I, there was nothing there to show me in the offseason that they were suddenly going to be good other than a new defensive coordinator. It was like, okay, maybe. So um, I'm thrilled to be wrong about that uh, because, and again, you and I have said this and, and, and others have as well a thousand times over, defense wins championships, right? So right. the Cowboys are winning games right now because of the defense. Right. And, and so the reason I didn't pick them was I, I looked at that defense, and I'm like, I see nothing there to, to tell me they're going to be any good. Right. Um, and, and, and so you flip the script, right? I thought the Washington defense would repeat what they did last year. They haven't, and so they're not as good. Dallas has, and so they're in first place. So let's all, you know, I mean, again, acknowledging the things that, that we got wrong. Hey, the Raiders are better than I thought they would be. They are, um, yeah. They are, I mean, and, and of course, you know, 
and you know, other than my brief moment of, I don't know, second guessing myself, I've hated Gruden since day one. Yeah. Um, He's a Gruden hater, Jerry. I, I was not a fan, and, and now they get rid of him, and suddenly they're, they're a better team. Um, the Chiefs, you and I, neither one of us believed in their defense this year. Right. And that, and that has proven out. The, the offensive flaws have been surprising, although I wonder it, how much of this is something that maybe we should have seen coming, because I can tell you from a fantasy perspective and in a lot of different ways, Sammy Watkins is largely thought of as a guy who didn't live up to, because he was supposed to be the receiver out of the 2014 class. By the way, we'll get to the guy who really turned out to be subsequently, because we need to crap on him. But uh, Sammy Watkins, his absence there, I can't help but wonder uh, if that doesn't uh, you know, prove to be a factor in this as well. I've also seen a theory that what Todd Bowles did in the Super Bowl with being able to get enough pressure on with a four-man rush and not blitzing and not giving Mahomes the opportunity to beat the blitz, that you wonder if teams aren't sort of getting a little bit of a book on how to handle them at least a little bit better, which, again, if this is true, is all the more damning about the Browns' performance against them week one, which you pointed out in the preseason was going to come against a pretty much brand-new offensive line in Kansas City. And of the two units, you wouldn't have believed their offensive line versus a good part of the Browns' defense was brand new. I'll tell you that, unfortunately. Well, uh, yes. And and I had predicted preseason that the Browns would win that game. And barring a muffed punt, et cetera, they probably should have. Yeah, would have, could have, should have. Uh, yeah, I know. It's I, I get that. But it's it's um, they were there. They had an opportunity to win that game, and they should have won that game. Now, all that said, um, the thing I didn't mention in our preseason talk about the Chiefs and the Browns, of course, was, you know, what's the record against people beating Andy, Andy Reid when he has time to prepare? It's pretty awful. Yeah, true. I mean, Andy is a good coach when he has time. So, I mean, look, at, that game was – that could have gone either way for Chiefs and Browns. They were fresh. They were coming out of training camp. They had weeks, and they were preparing for each other. And I thought that was two teams that threw everything at it, and they were basically dead balls even. Right? They were. Right. They were. Right. You can't watch that game and go, oh, yeah, this team was better than that team. Yeah, one team had to win, but they were they were right there. Um, but, again, the Chiefs, uh, to your point about Mahomes, I think there is some truth to the whole starting to figure him out. Um, I think you're seeing that right now in this season a little bit with Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. Season two, teams are like, oh, we think we see some tendencies. Oh, we're starting to now mid-season, season two. Um, we've seen this a couple seasons into Baker as well on the Browns. I think some of Baker's struggles have been because teams are like, oh, I see what you want to do. We're going to take that away. That's all part of the NFL. Right. That is, that is par for the course. And if you're going to be great in this league, you have to be able to adapt and overcome. Right. And uh, and I think that's where we are with a number of individual players and units is how are they going to adjust and overcome? How are the coaches going to be able to do those things uh, to move them forward? To that point, Steelers fans. Mm-hmm. This has been fun. By the way, the hard part of the schedule is upcoming. Right. You're not finishing in first or second place. No. Um, they've won a few games against our Browns. I yep. mean, look, Browns defense did their job, held them to 15 points. Yep. Offense screwed the pooch. Should have won that game. That's one you desperately wish you could get back. Defensively, though, at, can, I, can I just say it, this, though? It, it, it looked like our offensive, or I'm sorry, our defensive line was a bunch of Rick Morris and Chris Galloway's out there against their pathetic offensive line. They were blowing us off the ball, making holes for Najee Harris. What the hell happened there? I, I listen. I watched that game. I struggled with that as well. I was surprised by that because our our defensive line has looked pretty good this year. It is by good. and large. Yeah, it's um, it's really good. That was a, that was that was an outlier at the worst time. It really was, and but at the same time, hey Rick, how many points did they let up? 
Well, yeah, only 15, but here's the thing, though. I mean, you let, I, I, all that aside, you let up 15 points and you're at home in this league, you better win. Oh, I understand That's, that. I, I, I can't hang it on the defense. Even if they didn't look great, I can't hang it on the defense. Can't do it. I get that. I get that. And I agree with you that the, the Steelers are frauds. Having said that, there's one example of something where we were wrong. And and the rest of the the rest of the world might look right on this, but I'm going to be stubborn. I'm going to be a bitter. I'm going to be a bit. No, well, uh, same division. I'm going to be. A, I'm going to be a bitter clinger and say that we were right and the team underachieved. It's not that everybody else was right about them coming into the season. The 49ers getting everybody back from injuries or just about everybody this year. There's no way they should be in the depths that they have fallen to this year. I, I think Shanahan has lost the plot. I think it's it's a situation where it, it seemed like, again, just about every other pundit slept on them. We didn't. And, but again, and it looks like they were right and we were wrong, but it's not so much that we're wrong. It's that Shanahan and everyone there is screwing the pooch on the execution of it, I believe. Well, I, I yes, and that also makes us wrong. So <laughs> well, technically. I mean, let's, uh, let's own it. I mean, uh, I thought the 49ers, when I look at them on paper, Okay, yeah. when healthy, looking at past seasons, there is no reason to think that they would be this bad. Right. None. And 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 I thought this was going to be a, a huge rebound year. And I think if you're a 49ers fan or or just a, you know, an NFL follower in general, you have to now question the whole narrative on Kyle Shanahan as this genius. Absolutely. Um because when you look at his overall record while he's been with the 49ers, now, now when you add it up, it's pretty awful. Other than one season, right. the rest of it, is, the rest of it is, is what gets guys fired. Right. Um, and, and so uh, I'm with you. I, 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 you know, the stubborn part of me wants to agree with you and say, yeah, we you and I are right. We 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 analyzed this correctly. We did. This team and this talent, there's no way they should be losing these football games. Right. And yet they are and, and therefore we're wrong. Now, I, I will say with you I will say to you this that the pundits and the nationals, you know, talking faces, I think they tend to downplay or upplay based on the previous season. Sure. You know, it's 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 the old uh, a mile wide and inch deep, right? Yes. Um, I think you and I dove deeply, and we felt confident in our analysis. And nine times out of ten, that analysis would be correct. Right. Um, in this case, it's blown up in our face, and we look bad because <laughs> we're ter we're terribly wrong. And oh, by the way, Trey Lance looks like shit. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, far. I, I, you know, giving away the farm for that kid, and and I didn't understand. I, I didn't understand giving away the farm for anybody in this draft. I didn't understand giving away the farm for Justin Fields. I didn't understand giving away the farm for Trey Lance. I like it didn't make sense. To, none of it made sense to me. Well, I kind of um, got it in terms of Fields because, uh, and, and again, I really thought the performance against Clemson would have, could have, should have opened a lot of eyes. A guy that could do uh, something like that against Clemson. Uh, looks like a guy that you can build around. And it wasn't just limited to that game. It was the culmination of his career. Now, the Alabama game was less than, but, you know, you're going to have nights like that. I will say this, though, as far as Lance goes, you know, uh, you know, and again, I know he's very, very physically talented, but who could have foreseen that the guy might not have come out of the shoot looking real good when he was a lightly experienced QB from ITT Tech? Who could have seen that coming? Well, I don't know everyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, you and I talked about it. Like, okay, you're you're mortgaging the future for a guy who started five games at one double A. Right. Congratulations. Right. Um, I mean, is he physically gifted? Oh, hell yeah, he is. Yeah. Right. But how many guys have been physically gifted that we've seen in our lives that never got it done at the NFL level? Because it's so much more than the physical. I mean, I, I could talk about, you know, Demarcus Russell, or I could talk about Jeff George. I could, I could, right. I could talk about anybody. Yeah. Right? I mean, and you could go, yeah. And then, by the way, and they're crap. And you know who wasn't a physical specimen? Tom Brady. Right. Joe Montana. 
uh, I, you know, you could go on and on. Right. Um, and so that, and that's why I'm never in, typically in favor of quote unquote mortgaging the future because it's still a crapshoot. Right. And, and, and I think if you see when smart teams draft, you know, you can still acquire assets that uh, the sum of the total far exceeds, you know, the individual uh, potential. But Absolutely. anyway, neither here nor there. Let's talk about the Rams. Well, yeah, and I was wrong on that, and that's the thing where, listen, I still think they're a top-heavy kind of a team in a lot of ways, uh, and they continue to try and lard on with the names. As we're going to air recording this, uh, they, they add Odell Beckham to their uh, roster, so there there's that. Uh, but uh, I, I hope that uh, well, they're full. Of, they're all full of all kinds of West Coast, you know, dickweed posers. They can jam onto that roster. So good for them. Yeah, exactly. I hope Matthew Stafford is ready for Odell's dad to put out hit videos on him uh, when he doesn't like his uh, whole thing. Uh, a good buddy of mine, our FDH MMA editor uh, Jake Digman. He uh, posted something uh, disparaging about Odell today on Facebook, and I replied because uh, Jake has also done a lot of MMA ring announcing. I consider him to be the world's finest in that regard. And I said, Jake, you're asking for it now. Odell Beckham Sr. is going to stitch together some of your ring announcing and point out the flaws and the errors. He's coming for you now, baby. So this is the kind of... Well, I would, I would be glad for him because that would be some attention. Right? Yes, yes, it would. Jake's only going to get better gigs out of that by being on Odell Sr.'s radar. So, yes, that, that would be a blessing in disguise. Uh, but uh, I'm, try, I'm trying to get on Odell Sr.'s radar. <laughs> yeah, what can... <laughs> you know, <laughs> Any publicity? Well, actually, actually, I want to say this. Yes. Let me just say this for the record, Rick. All right. I'm not. I'm not trying to, because unlike Odell, I'm not trying to get out of Cleveland. Right. I love Cleveland. That's right. I'm not trying to get out. I'm all in, baby. That's right. That's right. Although, shall we say though that any kind of hit video that he might put out on you could help you professionally if you're picking up what I'm putting down in Northeast Ohio. So there you go. Listen. I, there are so many hit videos and photos on me that it doesn't even matter. I, I right, but I, I'm, will, I'm willing to accept it all. But Chris, some some of those draw blood. This is one that would actually work for you. It would be great if that could happen to you. But uh, you know the whole Odell saga with the Browns, with uh, you know DPJ uh, becoming the number one receiver on the Browns, as was emphatically proven. Uh, in the last game. But you know what? We'll, we'll get back to that because like you were saying about the Rams there. I do want to talk about the Rams. I was wrong about them. Uh, they are one of the super teams in the NFC. And uh, that game, uh, the rematch that they have with the Cardinals is going to be absolutely epic. Another team that has surprised, although I picked them to be in the playoffs. I will tell you this. I feel that teams have an obligation to their fan bases to represent, particularly when people get very vociferous and shit-talking on their behalf. I have to tell you, I was looking at leading a class action suit on behalf of aggrieved Browns fans who talked shit to Cardinal fans because our new FDH uh, football analyst, Derek Joseph, being uh, a big Cardinal fan, and uh, boy, did I pour it on him. In the off season, leading up to the game, whatever, and uh, yeah, my Twitter feed was just about as bad as you would hope. Uh, plus some DMs during the game there, and uh, he had another friend uh, piling on me as well. So, you know, the Browns let me down, but uh, the Cardinals and the Rams uh, at, at times have looked like the class of the NFC. I mean, I, you got to put the Packers and the Rams in there as well, but. You know, let's talk about the top of that division there and that epic Rams Cardinals game. That's uh, the the rematch that's going to be coming in the second half. I can't wait to watch it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, I mean, if you're a football fan, yep. How are you, how are you not tuning that in? Right. Um, uh, listen, we were both we were both. I mean, we both thought highly of the Rams. I said they'd be in the playoffs. But, well, yes, we both did. But I didn't think either. We both didn't think that they would be at that level. Right. We both also on the on the Cardinals, and again, you know, past his prologue, we we both looked at the Cardinals and were like, "Prove it." I don't see it. Right. It's a tough division. Right. Um, uh, I don't. Know, what did I have the Cardinals at third in the division? I think maybe. I, I you know whatever. I, I had them. I think yeah. third, but but as a playoff team, just because again, when you go seven deep in the NFC, and that's the one thing we're right about, 
the seventh team in the NFC is just going to be a complete and utter joke, but they're going to be in the playoffs. I'm seeing predictions of the Falcons making it, maybe. So, you know. Well, I mean, and we can get there. Let's let's get there yeah. because I I want to talk about what the Falcons are doing. Okay. I don't think that I don't think that the average NFL fan realizes today, right now, on November 11th, Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. Thank you, veterans. Thank for you, all veterans. Your service. Yep. And and for everything you've done for our country. Let me just stop right there. Originally, Armistice Day. Yes. World War One, which became Veterans Day. Thank you to all the veterans that we know and love for everything they've done. Yes. Bravo. Now, everything we know on November 11th. Hey, by the way, NFL fans, did you know that the Falcons are 4-4? Four and Because four? if you would ask me, I would have said they're 1-7. Right. They, they've, they, they've... Are, they have, they are the equivalent of watching Arthur, Arthur Smith is slowly turning the cruise ship. He is slowly turning the Titanic, well, and it is starting to happen. Anyway, let me get back to the Rams. It's I, a, well, I'll wait a minute. I just want to take issue with that, it, just real quick. It's an it, he's turning it an inch at a time. To me, they're a slightly better. That's version. how it works. Well, but here's the thing, though. They're bum slayers like the Broncos. They they haven't really. I, I haven't been impressed with any of their wins. But but anyways, uh, go off, King. You were talking about the Rams. Well, okay, I, you're not impressed with any of their wins. They're only one game behind our our beloved Browns. They're bum slayers. Yeah, oh, oh. and what's that say about us? <laughs> we haven't been even. <laughs> we, <laughs> there you go. So, um, so the Rams have been, uh, um, I mean, excellent. Sean McVay, this is probably his, uh, I will say his best coaching yes. season. To this point, yes, and, and I know you know he was the wonder kin and and all that, but I I will say the losses on defense and you and I talked about it preseason, yeah, losing you know losing John Johnson, losing Troy Hill, some of the you know the Brandon Staley had lose the coordinator. Uh, oh, I mean they switched quarterbacks. Now I mean I think we all agree Stafford's better. We all do that. right, right. That was an upgrade. Um, I, I mean, well, wait. We all, except for Rick. You know, Rick, was, <laughs> Rick, Rick is still a golf for I, I thought it was closer than people thought. And I also thought, and maybe this clouded my, my judgment. I try not to let these things cloud my judgment. But again, I was a day one Sean McVay guy. But I thought what he was doing was really obnoxious, burying Jared Goff the way that he did on his way out the door. I thought it was classless. And, uh, just well, like, I agree with that. There is listen. You're not wrong about that, right? It doesn't mean he's wrong about Jared Goff, but you're you're talking a different thing, and yes. that's how you handle it, right? And and you know what? I mean, and some of this is that's we're old men, and that's how we perceive things. But in the new in the new NFL in the new world, yeah, you know what? You perform, or your your throat gets slit, right? And and his and his his coach his boss just 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 moved the knife across his throat and moved on yep. right like didn't care didn't even call him didn't even talk to him yep you know like don't care you're dead to me and I mean that's just how the world is now right and you and I you and I don't care for that we don't care we don't care for that um and, but, and again not to not to give a brown I always give a Browns reference but I also think that you know. I don't think that Kevin Stefanski would ever operate that way. Well, here's but the thing, too, that, and here's what I know Stefanski said. wouldn't do, is it went beyond not calling him. It was the constant thing of, like, finally, I got a quarterback. Finally, I got a real quarterback. That right. that shit got really obnoxious, Chris. Right. No, I, I agree, and I think that that's, look, for old men like you and I, I think that's a <laughs> generational thing. It really is, like. Listen, you and I don't want to acknowledge it, but here's the bottom line. We're, we're both old men, right? I mean, we're just <laughs> old men at this point. You know, get off, get off my lawn, Rams fan. Yeah, um, I do that know, a lot. And, and, and so that's, and that's where, don't you know that Jim Brown was the best running back ever? Right. Oh, they don't care. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's you and I. I, I, I had a so, friend tweet today. Now, part of this is geographic where we live, but I had a friend tweet today. 
no knowledge whatsoever, people were tweeting about the Edmund Fitzgerald. And I was like, I've never felt older in my life than to have a friend that doesn't know about the Edmund Fitzgerald. <laughs> wow. Man. Yeah. And where, and where, and, and so, wait, wait, so Edmund Fitzgerald, so did you quiz them on what, what Great Lake is it at the bottom of? Honestly, it was a thing where, I was just, you know, too embarrassed to acknowledge, frankly, <laughs> that I knew something that somebody that age didn't. And as I, I didn't comment on it. I didn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> well, you know, it was heading to Detroit. It was. There it was were, on Lake, Su- were, Lake Superior, it, right? It was Lake it, Superior? It is, the, it is a, it, yeah, it, people, people in Cleveland, in our hometown, they think it's in Lake Erie, and it's not. No, I knew that. Well, there's a lot of people, if you ask them, they think it's in Lake Erie. Right. Well, because people lump together. Even people in Cleveland lump the Great Lakes together somehow. You know what I mean? They confuse well, them. Well, I mean, I mean, Rick, I mean, technically, they are all connected. So well, that's true. That. That's mean, true. I mean, we call them lakes, but it is one amorphous body of water. <laughs> well, that's, and you know, and maybe, maybe this is the wrong place for this kind of question. But I'll ask it anyways. The whole thing about, like, when you drop a radio in the bathtub, if it's plugged in, you can electrocute people. How come you can do that, like, in the middle of Lake Erie and you're not frying crap for, like, hundreds of miles around you? You know what I mean? How does that work? Well, uh, there's this thing called, like, dissipation. Okay. There's, there's other, there's there's elements there. Okay. It's the, same, it's the same way if lightning hits Lake Superior. Right. And you're swimming in Lake Erie, you right. don't die of electricity. Okay. 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 It works. It works. Same. Hey, thanks for smartening me up. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, and and that was your science minute with yes. the Lounge. <laughs> Nothing is off topic, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's off topic. Even even. Wait, where's Nikolai Tesla? Um, yeah. Anyway. Um. We were complaining. We were were complaining about the Rams and Sean McVay. We were shit talking Sean McVay. Also, Coach McVay, (laughs) we actually love you. We think you're a great coach. Yes. We we just thought you were a little over your skis because you gave away too much defensive talent this year. We were wrong. Rick and I acknowledge it. Moving on. I still don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl, but you know. And the funny thing is, uh, I think I had them making. What are you saying? They have OBJ. Well, yeah, they're a lot. I mean, don't you know that OBJ played in one playoff game and he was on a boat? Yeah. And so, therefore, he's about to become a, okay, whatever. Yeah. And uh, wait till he starts freelancing patterns out there. Let's see how that goes over. Although, again, the L.A. You mean all day long and why Baker Mayfield was out of his fucking mind every day trying to find the guy? Because he couldn't get, he couldn't figure out where the fuck he was going to be, <laughs> so he couldn't, find, he couldn't find his actual open receivers in the rhythm of the offense because he was looking for OBJ, who was quote unquote doing his thing. Right, right. You know, and, and that's the whole thing here too. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the position coach a little bit of a break here because I'm guessing it's not the position coach that said to him, you know, Odell. Route running is like improv jazz. You just got to go out there and go where the spirit moves you. I'm guessing that he wasn't coached to do that. <laughs> hey, listen, Cat. I just need you to get out there and do some scat, yo. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how amazing is it that it's a guy named Galloway, which sounds like Calloway that just said that? I am oh, loving. I am loving doing a football segment with vacation uninhibited Galloway. This is like this is some of our best stuff. <laughs> I mean, greatest show ever, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. It's, it's going to be in my top five. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had Bob Barker on seven times. So what does that tell you? <laughs> hey, hey, Bob Barker. The price is wrong, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. By the way, I don't know if you've noticed this. Here's yet another thing that's not off topic because nothing is. Shooter McGavin on Twitter is one of the most entertaining follows out there. Uh, they, they oh, got, I follow. Oh, I follow Shooter. He's oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. <laughs> I, I have actually considered just moving my whole Twitter account mm-hmm. so, so that I, I only follow one person, mm-hmm. Shooter McGavin. 
Yeah. Well, so soon you look at me and you go, who's he follow? Shooter McGavin. <laughs> that would be amazing if you did that. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty damn uh, outstanding if you did that. So, yeah, I mean, even though I think it's safe to say that uh, Sean McVay was conducting himself like Shooter McGavin's Twitter feed uh, over the summer talking about Jared Goff, uh, again, he's gotten away with it. The Rams are doing better than we thought. That game with the Cardinals is going to be epic. Poor Jared Goff sent to the wasteland of football. I did predict before the year that even he wouldn't be enough to save them. So it looks no. like uh, they, they could go 0-17. Uh, you know, I don't think they're lucky enough to draw Houston or Jacksonville or the tiny speck of teams out there that they might be capable of beating. I think they got, they got another game with Chicago, who's not far above them. And they've come close in a couple of them, and I can tell you, from a handicapping perspective, they've been a troublesome backdoor team. So, you know, all they got to do is go a little bit further on the backdoor in one of these games, and they'll they'll sneak one out. I think they're a coin flip to go on 17. I'm guessing they don't, but, you know, if you put a gun to my head, I might say that they would. Uh, do, do you think they'll go on 17 with your boy uh, Campbell in the Speedium shirts? Are they they won't go 0-17. Okay. Um, and they won't because uh, my boy Campbell is medium, <laughs> as you like to say. Yes, he's not. He's not fucking Hugh Jackson, right? <laughs> right, right. All right. Who I mean, is? Look, will you at least give me this? Yes. That team plays hard for my guy Dan. They do. They do. They're they're not they any good. Their, they play Rick. They play their guts out. They do. I mean, you know. And 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 I think and I get you know. He, in order to get his real first opportunity to be a head coach, I know he had this brief moment with the Dolphins. Right. That doesn't that doesn't count. Um, although we get to see a little bit of it because they overachieved when he was there. Right. Um, you know, he is a guy who motivates men, um, and uh, this team has performed. As hard for him as I thought they would, and, and in that sense, that I thought they would have won a couple of these games, and they really should have. Right. Um, and, and I think when it's all said and done, Rick, I think they're going to end up winning two games. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, I think. I think. I. I. Well. Okay. Careful. Careful on our Browns, buddy. Well, yeah. That's that's one of the ones that we've we're going to have a problem. Well, and, oh boy, and and you and I know, you and I both know that I'm the Browns whisperer when it comes to games. Yes. I can tell in the first four minutes of a Browns game whether it is dead or alive. Right. And I will tell you when we play Detroit, we'll be four minutes in that game. You're going to text me and go, "Well," and I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. So um, I, I believe the Lions will end up winning two games. Okay. Uh, when it's all said and done. Um, but to your point. Um, Battle of Lake Erie you know, better not be one of them. <laughs> they, they are, um, that's a tough spot. If everyone acknowledged that was a the worst roster in the league. Horrible. Well, I mean, Houston says hi. <laughs> well, yeah. that. Well, I think we, we went into training camp thinking the Lions the worst roster. When it was all said and done, Houston, uh, yeah. Wow. Don't um, want, don't want me in with that. I said Houston's was was dog crap before the year as well. But no, you're right. No, I, no, I, you you did, you did. I mean, look, I mean, we all knew those two teams were 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 fighting for that title, if you will. Right. Um. Uh. So, but I do actually think the Lions are actually going to end up winning two games. Okay. I I I think that they they and I say that because of the blood, sweat, and tears, hard work. Um, even with the clown that is Hugh Jackson, um, the Cleveland Browns won a game one year. Yeah, um, not the other. I believe I believe the Lions will. Now, I mean, Greg, you and I both said that the, those same Browns teams that went one in thirty-one with Hugh Jackson should have probably won eight to ten games, but minimum six and seven. Yeah, the coaching was so damn bad. They they couldn't even overcome that. Right. But I don't think I don't think Dan Campbell is that. No. So, no. But by the I, way, I, st- I stick with Lions winning two games. Dan's Dan's old haunt down in Miami. I can't let my one A team off the league. Some of the biggest underachieving pant loads in the league. A big year backwards. The Dolphins making a fool out of me, picking them for a really good year. 
and uh, to a degree greater than I thought possible, but right along the lines of what you picked, a real welcome to the NFL season for Urban Meyer all the way around, really. Well, jeez, uh, um, Urban, wow. Um, get off High Street, buddy. Pretty much, um, yeah. Um, put away your cell phones, stop texting co-eds. Um, I think Shelly's been a good wife. Maybe honor her. Um, and all that aside, um, let me let me pause and say this. And this is going to pain me and shock you. Okay. The Jaguars have given away a lot of talent. They've gutted the place. They are they stripped it down to the bones. Mm-hmm. They've played some good games. Sure. And they've already won two. Um. Watching them, and and God, you know, I don't like Urban. I don't like Urban. Never have. Sure. I, I got to say, I'm not writing him off. Interesting. Because what I have seen, and I know everybody else wants to write him off, what I am seeing is a team competing. I am watching coaches, you know, figure it out. I am watching a team with a lot less talent compete. Yeah. Um, I can't, as much as it hurts me and as much as I dislike Urban personally, Yeah. I, I, I can't write him off yet, and I'm not going to, um, because I think he could still win one or two more games this year, and he's going to get back uh, you know, some injuries at the end. He's going to get back his quarterback. I, I can't go there yet. I I, I can't do it, Rick. Well, I, I know I know you want me to Gruden him. Right. You want me to bury him, call him a clown. He's an idiot, and this and that. Right. He's all he is all those things on a personal level. Right. I mean, this guy, I just I have such disdain for. But I do actually think I, I see some embers. I see some little elements. I see some things. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, they aren't they aren't done yet. You know, it's the old uh, money Python. I'm not dead yet. Well, I was going to find another reference. I was going to say that I did not expect to do this here with you tonight, expecting you to deliver on behalf of the Jacksonville Jaguars the old Marty Schottenheimer. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam, but you just did it. So there I, I was. I didn't think I would. Yeah, but well, I I have to be intellectually honest. Well, and I always want to be intellectually honest with you and our listeners. Yes, thank you, because I I'm I'm and, definitely a cop when it comes to that stuff. So you know you got to be with when you're around me, because uh, to the point of obnoxiousness, I will call people on their intellectual inconsistencies. That's one of the things I love about you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, I mean, I mean, it, just so our listeners know, I've known this man since I was 18 years old. Yeah. And 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 if I'm full of crap, he will call me out on it. Well, you know, and I ex- I expect that from others too. I, I expect that from others. That's in, oh, it's, it's not just me. I'm not saying it's just right, me. I'm right. Just saying, I'm saying Rick is a Rick Morris is a arbitrator of truth. Yes, and yes. He will focus in and be like, "Well, you said this," and then you have to put your head down and go, "Yes, I did." Well, absolutely, no. and I will no. tell you. You know, as far as that goes, uh, that uh, and again, as as much as uh, aforementioned FDH Lounge dignitary John Adams and I like like the joke about having you know profiles on all of us. That is in my profile is that I do I am the enforcer of intellectual consistency. And uh, before we bring this around, one one last uh, you know fun note here before we get to uh, revised Super Bowl predictions, uh, and that would be. Uh, appearing on the podcast of fellow FDH Lounge dignitary Tony Mazur uh, last week. He wanted to have me on to discuss uh, players who did and didn't belong in the Baseball Hall of Fame. So ones that should be in and aren't, ones that aren't, uh, you know, and, and, and ones that are in that should get the GTFO, which the, the latter segment, by the way, he put on his Patreon side. And I said to him, I said, you know, there's a lot of things that are paywalled on the internet. There's all kinds of porn stuff on OnlyFans and whatever. And here you got two white dudes arguing about dudes who do slappies who shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. You know, hard to believe there's any perverts out there that, you know, could, you know, get off listening to that. But you never know. I'm really hoping there are not. Well, you never know. You never know. But as, as far as players who 
aren't in but belong in. And you're asking, what does this have to do with anything? Here's what it does. There was an 18th or 19th century, 18th century baseball. Wouldn't that have been something? 19th century wow. baseball player. And he was on one of these lists I came across when I was researching it. And the guy's name was Urban Shocker. And I said to Tony, I said, that sounds like something from a meme in the fall of 2021, doesn't it? <laughs> Shocker. Yeah, pretty much. Well, it sounds like something out of the summer of 2020. Yeah. Uh, uh, Defund the police, urban shocker. Yeah. How's that working out? (laughs) Yeah. You know, but uh, as as far as it goes. And I just want to say, I just want to say. Urban Shocker is a fraud. You want to know why? <laughs> why? Because he, didn't face, because he didn't face any African Americans. That's true. That's true. Although I think there were also smaller leagues at the time, so it was less whiteies that he was up against. So it somewhat mitigates it, but not completely. I agree with you. I completely, uh, you know, I see your point on uh, that one. As far as Super Bowl picks go, uh, what the hell? I'm going to be the bitter clinger and stick to what I said before the season. After that Bengals game last week, and boy was I wavering before that, but like I said, the top of the AFC, I ain't scurred. Give me the Browns coming out of the AFC, Bucks in the Super Bowl, Browns to deny the Bucks the back-to-back in the Super Bowl, same way the Bucks did to the Chiefs in January. I'm staying with the pick. I know you couldn't possibly be staying with your pick because after we buried the 49ers, you picked 49ers over Browns, so I know you ain't going there. I mean, I, I mean, dear God, could I have made a worse pick than Browns and 49ers? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, what, what a dreadful pick. What, I mean, why does anyone even listen? No one should ever listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone you. I'm never going to be allowed on another FDH podcast ever after that day. Oh, it's mandatory um, to have us. You're our chief futurist, which... Uh, uh, yeah. Well, so, by the way, so wasn't the Super Bowl pick a future uh, pick? Uh, well, yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're a generalist, Chris, <laughs> not, just, <laughs> not just a specific uh, discipline. You're a generalist. <laughs> All right. All right. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm still going to stay in the NFC West. I'll go, I will go Rams over Cardinals, even though the Cardinals look like the team. I will stay within the con, within the division. Okay. Uh, I'll move off of the 49ers. I will say Rams. Ugh, that kind of hurts. Yeah. Um, I will say Rams versus Browns, baby. I'm not giving up. There you go. Browns are still going to the Super Bowl, and I'm sorry, Cleveland fans, we're still going to lose it. Okay, but but we're going to get there. I still I still think that there is uh, a little magic. I still believe in the analytics. Getting rid of OBJ, we have seen Baker Mayfield sans OBJ, right? And it is he is a completely different quarterback. We all know it. We all see it. Right. Uh, not to sound like one of those progressive commercials sitting in the lows with the blue hair. We all see it. We all see it. <laughs> um, uh, so we all know that once the diva's gone, suddenly Baker is a better quarterback. Yes. Um, at the end of the day, the reason I have believed in the Browns this entire time is because of two things. Well, three, I guess. One, that offensive line. It's it's the best in football. And I know we gotta get Conklin back. Some guy named Blake is playing right tackle. Right. Um well, that's one. Two are running backs. I know this week we might lose to the Patriots. We don't have a running back. Do we even have a running back who doesn't have COVID? I think Dearness Johnson is the only one. Yeah, maybe. Okay, there's that one guy and also they say Jarvis Landry may play running back this week. Okay. Uh, okay, that's where we're at. Right. Um, a lot of jet sweeps, yo. No, uh, that's <laughs> going to all be good for negative one yard. Um, all that said, we still have the best running game in the league. When they're healthy and they don't have the Wuhan, Chubb, Hunt, Johnson, Felton, John Kelly, right? right? Give me all of them. Right. There is nobody in this league that has a better running game 
than the Cleveland Browns. Right. Right? Right. And and I don't care about your your Glanville-esque bullshit, whatever you want to call it. I am still a believer in the basics. You win at the line. You have the best O-line. You have the best running game. You have the best running backs. You are going to win football games, and you're going to win them in January. Yep. And then you throw that in with my love and my belief in Kevin Stefanski, and you know where I am on him. I still think the Browns are going to salvage this shit, somehow barely find their way into the playoffs, and then that's when they're going to do their damage. Rams over Browns in the Super Bowl. Heartbreak for Cleveland, but we got to the big game. That's it, yo. All right. Well, I tell you, Stefanski, the one thing I'm going to have to say, and this is where I've been increasingly critical this year, what we saw at the end of the Chiefs game in the playoffs last year, and maybe this has to do with whenever Baker's in a funk, he doesn't quite know what to do. Uh, but, again, he's got to pull his head out of his ass because I thought the play calling was pretty bad in the Steeler game along with a lot of other things. And I think it was bad in the Minnesota game as well as the execution. It's been uneven at best. I think the play calling was ass. That Chargers-Browns game, you were at that final drive. What the hell was going on there? Stefanski has got to either tighten it up or turn it over to AVP because we saw what Van Pelt can do as a uh, play caller on game day in the playoffs last year against the Squealers. So, one way or another. Rick, I want to tell you one thing. What? I want to tell you what I realized. What? Sitting when I was at that game, with that, that Chargers-Browns game. Right. He was my epiphany. Okay. Because the, the NFL is a, we study your tendencies and we know what you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. I, I got to tell you, Stefanski and ABP. Uh-huh. Stefanski has got to he has got to hand over play calling duties on different games when the other team doesn't know. Right. And, and you're gonna go wait well, what you know most people will say what what are you talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. Teams teams learn what you do. They learn tendencies. They right. study coaches. Right. Right. The Browns the Browns have two capable callers. Right. The smart thing to do would be, you know how teams always go, well, well, who's starting at this position? Who's starting at quarterback this week? Hey, Browns, who's calling the plays? I guess you'll find out. That that would be amazing. I really believe the Browns should throw a wrinkle in and have ADP like this week call the plays. And so the other team, the Pats, Belichick especially, cannot zero in on what the tendencies are. He hasn't studied them. That's genius. I think that that would be a brilliant move and have ADP call the plays for like two weeks, all right? The first the first Ravens game, mm-hmm. right? And then bye week, and then go back to Stefanski. Right. Wow. And then, and then for the Lions, hand it back to ADP. And then just completely throw a curve while other teams are trying to figure out what are their chances, what are they like to do, what are they, oh, Oh, we don't know which fucking coach. You know, you see it in college with there's the players calling the plays, trying to figure out which one of the force, the kids in the orange shirts in there doing gibberish, who's calling the actual plays. Do it during the game. Have them talking. You don't know who the fuck is calling the plays. Wait, wait, would like, you... I, I really believe the next wrinkle for the NFL is... You don't know who's fucking calling the plays. Let me ask you this. Would you agree with me that you want to do that without making it public? Because the last thing you need is for no, all I these... Wouldn't go, I wouldn't make it public. Right. You don't need no. all these numb nuts on NFL, social media comparing NFL, you to. The NFL requires you to tell who is starting, who has injuries, etc. Yeah. They don't at this point, as it relates to Vegas, Right. require... require Who's calling what? Right. Exploit that. because So, uh, exactly. We don't need so, I any know, controversies I know, I know, from the vulture media. It. We don't need the vulture yep. media coming in here trying to pit them against each other. I like this guy's play calling better. We don't need any of that crap. So, I would agree with yeah. you. I no, would ag- I mask it. Right. I mask it. But this next week, like against the Pats, have, AB, have ADP do it. Totally agree. That, have ADP do it. Have him do it against the Lions. Then have Stefanski do it in week one against the, the Ravens. 
to the buy and then have AV or, or vice versa. Right. Like just like, like mix it up. Genius idea. And, and, and I, and I just think that like, that's another wrinkle. You create another stress point on the opposing coaches to try to figure out. And, right. and I think the more, the more you can do of that stuff, the more competitive advantage you have. So, Anyway, well, I throw that out to you. I I think most people probably think you know Chris is an idiot, but I, I think that that is a way to sort of approach that. I think it's genius, and I I think it's it's very 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 fitting to wrap on this note because on a note where again recording this here with uh, vacation Galloway, a little more slapstick than we generally kind of get into this thing, but ending on an, on a pure genius recommendation on your part. We cannot be pigeonholed, ladies and gentlemen. We can sit here. And we can laugh our asses about uh, stupid things left and right. And then one of us, on this occasion it was Chris, pulled something out of his ass. Absolutely brilliant. Great job. And uh, great to have you there. Cannot thank you uh, enough for for joining us here from your warmer climes. And may you continue to enjoy the rest of the vacay, my friend. Well, Rick, Rick, the the sun is coming up over the South Pacific tonight. (laughs) I'm going to get another cup of coffee and enjoy it. Yeah, it's going to be Irish again. So, all right, rock that coffee there, Chris Galloway. Thank you so much, and thank you, everybody, for joining us for FDH Lounge Mini Episode 1404.